Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. One official welcome you guys out to another What Should I Do Wednesday? A time for you guys to ask me whatever question you have. And if I know it from a biblical standpoint or just from common sense, I'll serve you guys with experience, with, with understanding, um, to help you guys navigate and make sense of life. So if you're watching this live, do me a big favor and share this broadcast out to as many people. This is lunchtime, so I'm uh, goal is to catch the lunchtime crowd. So for those who are familiar with this um a live Q&A that I do, feel free to go ahead and get your questions ready. If you're watching this later, whether on YouTube or listening later on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud, I want to say thank you guys so much for listening and watching. I greatly appreciate you guys rocking with me and your support, and I pray the content that I deliver here on all uh, um, streams. What's up, South Carolina? It's a blessing to you. So for those who's watching live, let me know where you're watching from. I would love to know what city, what country, what state, uh, what realm you're watching from. It's, it's always cool to kind of see that, give you guys some time to get your questions ready. And for those who are brand new to my channel, <clears throat> uh, you're more than welcome to subscribe. Hit that bell. Um, this is a channel that helps you make sense of life. It's a channel that's designed to help you uh, uh, become spiritually mature for God's optimal use. What's up, Houston? So if you want to rock with me and as I walk with God, follow God and learn more about him, you want to learn more from uh, my time with him, feel free to subscribe. Oh, we got two people from Houston. Let's get right into it. What's the first question? What's up? What's up, PA? What's up, Louisville, Kentucky? What's going on, Jaretta? What's going on, Brittany? Hello from DC. What's up? What's up? Hope you ladies and gentlemen are doing exceptionally well. Three people from Houston. That's what's up. Houston's in the house. Who's got the first question? I'm ready to serve you. What's up, Greensboro, up the street? Hello, 19-year-old tuned in from Nassau, Bahamas. Thank you for watching the Bahamas. Oh, God is good. I'm going to continue to let him use me. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm only who I am because of his grace. What's up, Aries? <clears throat> Who's got the first question for me? Let's get going. I'm out of school for the summer, so I'm going to be doing a lot more videos. What's up, Arizona? Oh, I know it's high. It's high in North Carolina, too. Lord, <laughs> I know I ain't going to hell. I can tell you that right now. What's up, Nashville, Tennessee? So for the whole summer, I'm going to be cranking out a lot of videos. And if you need one-on-one -on -one coaching, I'm here for you. I can go to my website, IamUnplugged.com, under the Custom Coaching tab, and I'll be there to serve you. If you want some one-on-one, -on -one, uh, we have some slots open, um, a good handful of slots, if not more. What's up, Columbus? Available in July. So if you want some coaching, come on through. All right, who's got the first question? Yeah, this is the first time you guys been shy. It's been a long time. Have you been missing? He ain't been missing much. I ain't, I ain't really been uploading a lot of videos like I sh like I wanted to, um, but that's the goal to upload a whole lot more. Give you guys some time to get y'all's questions ready. And for those who's just now joining in, this is the live Q and A with Coach Josh. <clears throat> What's up, Tennessee? The Purpose of Freedom podcast. No, I wasn't. I was. I wasn't feeling good two Thursdays ago. Then last Thursday was a full day for me. So we're going to be going, we're going to be, we won't be able to do it tomorrow, but I may do it Friday or Saturday. What's up, Wichita Falls, Texas? What's going on? Who's got the first question now? We've been going on three minutes now. <clears throat> but yeah, make sure you guys check out the latest video I just did. I preached at a church here in Charlotte. One of the probably most powerful videos that God has used me to do. And um, I hope it was a blessing to you all. 
Let's see who got the first question. Now, here we go. How do I know when the right time to date again? Been single, been celibate for six years now. Good question. How do I know when the right time to date again? Um, When you're worrying about, not worrying about, when you're focusing on the time, then you may not be ready. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, There's nothing wrong with being ready. The goal is the ability to stay ready. You know it's time for you to date when God's timing for you to date occurs, when God brings that individual. Now, dating should not be self-initiated. It shouldn't be, <clears throat> excuse me, making myself available. Dating should be, or 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 starting a relationship with someone should be God-conceived. Uh, it should be God-birthed. And that's the beautiful thing about being led by the Spirit of God, because everything has an agenda. Everything has an assignment. And God's timing is so perfect that, it's, that, it's, it is, that it, in its perfection, it's based upon uh, the right time, the right place, the right person, <clears throat> excuse me, in the right season where he sees fit for generations to come. So to answer your question specifically, how do I know when it's the right time to date again? You know it's the right time when you hear the shift, when you see the seasons changing, and when you begin to feel yourself strong enough in God and your contentment. And in that contentment, God in his perfect timing will bring clarity and bring the right person. But I always tell people, do not initiate the dating. Do not initiate the relationship. Do not initiate anything because in the initiation of it, now you are the sole proprietor. You are the sole person that's supposed to source that relationship. But when God is in the midst and when God initiates it and when a season occurs and seasons change, you will not be able to know. You will not be able to miss it because when is your time, you'll know. And that's the best advice I can give. And that knowing comes from knowing him. And you'll you'll know when is your time when you begin to sense God shifting you into a place and God bringing the gentleman into your life who's going to initiate the pursuit because it's important for the man to pursue the woman because he's the leader. If you make it easy for the leader, then that leader won't know how to lead. Sometimes it is, it is <clears throat> not sometimes, but all the time, it's important for the man to initiate by God initiating in him to pursue you so that you can see the value, no, no, so that he can see the value of who you are. If you cut off his pursuit and you make yourself available and you make it too easy, then he won't know how to hunt in the next stages of his life. So to answer your question specifically, let me scroll up. And I know you've been celibate for six years. The good thing about God is God sees uh, uh, the the investment that you made in your purity. God appreciates you doing things uh, rightly and, and setting yourself aside for him. Don't get discouraged in your season of waiting, because I promise you, when you meet the right one. See, I'm a, I'm a witness. I'm on the other side of the fence. I'm the one screaming on the other side, telling every one of y'all, keep going, keep pushing. It's worth it, because the more I engage into my marriage and as days and days go by, I begin to see the, the, the perfection of God's joining of us to the point to where everything that she is, is complementary to what I do. And I'm like, God, I'm so glad that I waited and I was celibate all my life. So you can almost imagine the frustration that we all have shared for those who are sexually pure. But I'm telling you from this side of glory, 
that I'm letting you know that I'm a witness. I've witnessed God come through for me and it doesn't. And you don't have to sit there and get so caught up in. Is it my time? When is my season? Just though when is your season? It's going to work. But when God brings that person with you, it's not for you to overly indulge in the marriage or to idolize the marriage. It's for you to come together for an assignment. So if you have an assignment focus in your singleness, then when the person comes to your life, you guys will join for the assignment that God has for you to, to do. So how do you know when it's the right time of date again? You'll know when God, when you'll know when is your time because God will make it exceptionally and, 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 and clear for you to know that it's his timing for you and there's nothing that's going to make you miss it. So, and keep being celibate. Do not settle because it seems that time is going long. Next question. What's the point of praying for unbelievers when it is up to them to accept and follow Christ as their savior? Good question. Uh, the beautiful thing about being our brother and sister's keeper, even, even if they're unbelievers, is because we can weaken the warfare that's around them. See, when we pray for unbelievers, whether it's in our family, whether it's on our job, we are in the trenches. We are in the gap. We are in position to weaken the warfare. See, the Bible says some plant, some waters, but God gets the increase. We are the planters. We are the waters. That, but. <clears throat> That as we become the living epistles that God wants us to be, we may be the only Bible that these individuals read. So it's what joy, what greater joy will it be knowing that you played a part in the salvation of an unbeliever? So the point of praying for an unbeliever is for you to weaken the warfare around them, to weaken the strongholds within them, and to be a tool God uses to plant and to water. The second part of the question is when it's up to them to accept and follow Christ. See, our goal is to play a part. And if God chooses you to play a part in, in your cousin Ray Ray's life, in little Nuke Nuke's life, in your mama or daddy's life, or your co-worker's life, you are now the voice within the earth realm that can speak on behalf of God in correlation to his word to weaken the warfare, to weaken the fangs in their life, to make them more acceptable to receive Jesus. Hope that helped and answer your question. Uh, Janice says, I have been celibate for two years and I had a dream and and thoughts about buying a vibrator because I just missed the intimate feelings, but I don't believe in masturbating. How should I control this? Good question. <clears throat> Let me read it again. I have been celibate for two years and I had a dream and thoughts about buying a vibrator because I just missed the intimate feeling, but I don't believe in masturbating. How should I control this? Good question. What helped me control masturbating and pornography in my life was being productive in my purpose. Idle time leads to an idle mind. Idle mind leads to idle hands and you can finish the sentence from there. And what you have to understand is that your body naturally craves um, sexual intimacy. Your body is going to naturally crave things, but in anything in life, you can reverse the craving. See, if you are in an environment that is conducive to the craving of sexual of 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 sex, you have to change the climate. See, climate leads uh, to celibacy. Climate aids celibacy or it hinders celibacy. Climate either aids purity 
or hinders purity. And you have to ask yourself, what am I engaging in, whether in music, whether in movies, whether in shows, whether in friends, whether in fellowships, what am I allowing my mind to engage in? Because whatever you, um, um, because you have to understand your soul is a sponge and you will suck up anything and just about everything, something's unaware. So if you know that your soul's a sponge, you'll be very careful where you dip your life in because you know that wherever you settle yourself, if there's anything to be soaked up, it will soak up and then it will flood itself or try to express itself through your dreams, leading you and demons love to uh, to set within your environment things for you to subconsciously soak in sexually and your body will naturally begin to give clues because now your body has been triggered within these triggering environments opening yourself up to, 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 to desire. So how do you reverse the cravings? You got to feed your, 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 your body, your union, pure things. If you, whatever you feed will lead. So if you are in, uh, listening to music or watching shows or around sexual content, or just caught up in idle idleness, then you're going to be susceptible um, to wanting to purchase a vibrator. You're going to be susceptible to want to masturbate because, listen, what happened to me was I became too tired because I was writing books. Like, you don't listen, you know how to keep your celibacy? Number one, understand how weak you are, that you cannot do nothing. The Bible says when a man or woman stands, let them take heed lest they fall. So you cannot stand in purity without the help of the Holy Ghost. So every day, this is not something I overcame. I overcome this daily because the, I can't sit there and be like, well, I haven't done this in years or I haven't done this in whatever time frame. So I think I'm good now. No, I'm never good. We understand the dependency that you need in God to be sexually pure. And you begin to realize just how weak you are and how urgent it is for you to be alert daily and ensuring that you don't fall then you will begin to pace yourself, slow yourself down, become self-aware and environment aware and say, you know what? I can't have these conversations with you ladies. I cannot watch this no more because these things are affecting my dreams. These things are affecting my desires and is and is and is leading me to want intimacy again. Will there be tough nights? You best believe it. Will there be frustrating nights? You best believe it. But you have to know who your source is and you have to have systems set up around you to ensure that nothing is within arm's reach. If you bring a vibrator in the home, if you bring pornography in the home, if you bring a man or woman in a home, you're going to continuously open yourself up to have those things within arm reach. The Bible says it's better um, to um, it's better to enter heaven with one eye or one arm than to bust hell wide open with both of them. So you better take that right eye. If your right eye offends you, pluck it off. If that right arm offends you, pluck it off. What that means, anything that I watch that is leading to the darkening, darkening of my soul, I'm cutting that joker off because of the urgency. Because if you get engaged into sexual perversions now and you start because, listen, that vibrator, see, a man's penis can't compete with no vibrator. A man's penis can't go like a vibrator. So why do you think the devil wants men to use their hands and women use vibrators? Because a woman's vagina and a man's penis cannot compete with technology. 
And when when <clears throat> when your body becomes adapting, when your body adapts to the vibrator or the or or on demand pleasure, be very careful on demand pleasure because marriage is not always on demand. Marriage is a is a, is a way of life. It's a way of living, and sex may not always be on demand. You may have to a uh, sacrifice. You may have to go without. We're not talking about days or weeks, but you just got to understand the flow of marriage. And if you always have this on demand pleasuring system in your hands a vibrator when the real love of your life wants to make love with you you've been so addicted to lustful tools that the that the, that the flesh that they have and the, and the love that they want to give is not suffice anymore the enemy wants you to be in environments or be around things that triggers what the body naturally does. And once the body is triggered, then it starts flooding into your dreams, start flooding into frustration. And then you start feeling like I need to, in the meantime, that in the meantime is dangerous. So in the meantime, we do a lot of different things that push the right time further down because God is not going to bring a man who cannot compete with what you've been using privately. So to answer your question specifically, What's the uh, 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 I've been celibate for two years. Good job on that. God's grace is sufficient. Let's make it. Let's make it until you marry. You see what I'm saying? And I had a dream and thoughts about buying a vibrator. The enemy is circling around you, utilizing your environment, utilize things around you to try to get you. Uh, uh, um, well, I guess. Well, let me. You don't have to aid. Being supported by God is supernatural. Being sustained from pornography, being sustained is a supernatural thing that requires natural cooperation. The more you cooperate, the more the supernatural works in sustaining you. And I know you miss the intimate feelings. Listen, trust me, I wrote books. See what I'm saying? You have to occupy your idle time. Occupy your idle time with productivity and, and begin to eat the fruit of your finished work so you can keep, so you can keep producing and be too tired and be too productive to fall in the sense of how should I control this? Check your environment. What are you watching? What are you listening to? Who are you around? Cut those things out of your life. First, go to God and acknowledge that God, yo, I'm weak without you. God, I need you. Establish your dependency, engage in your dependency, remove the things that you may have been dependent on and that may be feeding you the wrong things. Make a decision and cut those things off and be dedicated to your purpose. That's how you control that. Hope that helped. All right, next question. Oh, man, here we go again. I messed up. Let me scroll up. How do you keep your mind from wandering during prayer? Good question, Elizabeth. My mind tends, tends to wander when I'm supposed to focus. How can I get myself to be in spirit and prayer and praising? Um, Good question. First off, you have to understand what prayer is. Um, prayer is a conversation, is a dialogue with a friend. And the ultimate friend, he said, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. The beautiful thing about God is that he's your friend. And the Bible said there's a friend that stick closer than a brother. See, when prayer becomes this mystical, this task, um, um, this uh, ritual that you do, you're not going to always be engaged. The reason why my prayer time or my conversation with God is so potent because I don't look at him as a deity that's that's so distant that that's requiring me to be in some whatever perfect eloquence of words to engage with him. No, it's a friend. And when you engage with a friend, 
Um, because you don't wonder, our minds don't wonder when we have great conversations with great friends. So when you change your perspective about God and seeing that he's a friend, that he's a person with a personality and you begin to engage with him, then you won't wonder in prayer. Your mind won't wonder because you're talking to an individual, you're talking to a friend. So now how why does the enemy attack us in those moments? Because he doesn't want us to feel the uh, the friendship with God. He doesn't want us to be friends with God. He wants us to be slaves of God. When you have a slave's mentality with God, then prayer is a slave master's request. When And, and, and praise is a slave master's request. But when it's a friend, hey, yo, man, God, how you feeling, man? God, this what's on my heart. What's up with you? What's going on? You begin to have dialogue that's deeper because of your friendship with him. So how do you keep your mind for one and through prayer? Make make your mind focus on the fact that you are communicating with a person, a friend of yours, and 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 that he you don't have to have these go-to sentences to make God listen. That God is near the brokenhearted, he's closer, he's within you in his spirit, and you can have great conversation with any time. Now, when you find your now, if you finding yourself, hey, here's a specific point, a specific time where I want to spend time and pray and praise with God. What you do then, you tell your mind what to do. Mind, you will focus on God in his name. See, the thing is, we we forget that we are in control over our members. You have the ability to tell your mind you will focus. What I often do is <clears throat> I, I, when I begin to spend time with God, I take my phone out the room. I cut my phone off. I remove everything. And I begin to think on the goodness of God's, I begin to think on the recent goodness of God. Because when I begin to think on a recent goodness of God, it then, it has my mind focused on something. And then once my mind begins to think on the goodness of God, my heart catches up with my mind with praise. And then I broke through the veil and then the rhythm occurs. You see what I'm saying? So what you do is have your mind focus on the recent goodness of God. And when your mind begins to think, you can write it down, you can journal it down, you can speak it out. But when your mind begins to think on the goodness of God and all that he's done for you, then your heart will be glad and catch up with your mind. And then you will have a, a, a an electric uh, uh, worship, prayer environment, dialogue with God, creative juices flowing. The atmosphere of creativity will rest upon you and it will be a great time. Hope they help. Aries, is it okay not to support your parents financially due to their bad? Yeah, it's completely okay. And you tell them straight up. Listen, I love you. I want to support you, but you're not steward. You're not a good steward. And I and I love you, but I'm not going to support your poor stewardship. Now I can help you. Here are some classes. This is what I will be willing to do. I will, this is what I'd be willing to do to help you with your stewardship habits. But what I'm not about to do is lose money. And I'm not going to allow you to guilt me. Well, who wiped your behind? Who was there for you? Who pushed you? Cause they don't got nothing to do with now. I thank you for what you did for me previously, but that has nothing to do with your poor habits. And yes, you may have rescued me um, um, from, from my bad decisions. Yes, you may have been it, but that was part of your parenting. Now, when it comes to you getting older, will I not take care of you? Yes. But when it comes to my hardworking money being poured into you and you're not using it rightly, I can't help you. Now, here's wisdom. Now, what do you need my money for? 
Well, I need your money to go pay light bill. Okay, I'll go with you to Duke Power. I'll go to you to whatever. I will, I will swipe the card where the need is, but I will not supply money. And I don't even know if you're going to use that money the right way. So you can still support them, but support them in specific needs, not sporadic needs. You see what I'm saying? And if they got poor stewardship habits, they got to understand, I'm not going to be guilted. I'm a grown woman now. I have the right to steward my money the right way. I appreciate what you've done for me in the past. Will I not support you? Yes. But if I see that my giving you money, you start using it for, for alcohol and you're using it for unnecessary stuff and you're using it for stuff that we didn't agree for you to use, okay, I'm going to cut that off. But if you still need help, I will go to that specific place with you. I will write the check out specifically to that need because you are not responsible enough to take cash to a need. So I'm going to start writing a check or swiping the card where the need is. Hope to help. Latonia, I think I know you, girl. You, hey, we go. Are you Latonia from uh, Victory? I have a son on the way with my fiance. We've been through a lot. Always thought he's the one, and we both are trying to follow God. Will our marriage fail if he's not God sent? Will God help our baby? Will God help us if he is not sent for? Listen, <clears throat> God. Is good at being God. He can redeem any situation. But if you're not in the situation yet and God is giving you warnings to get out, then you may want to heed those warnings. Now, there's two things. God can save y'all both by y'all not entering in something that's not his will, even though y'all may have a child because God can support. I rather forgot God is great at supporting his will more so uh, let me not say that. God is good at supporting, however. But if you're not married to that gentleman yet and he and you know for a fact that's not God's husband for you, then just because having a child with a man is not uh, 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 the sole legitimate reason to marry that man. God can still support you and your son. God can support you and him and the child separately out of marriage if that's not the will, right? Or y'all delay. Based on what you need to do right now, God, what is your will for me right now? God, I, I'm not going to allow the enemy to use my child to make me go into something that's not your will. So God, make it clear to me what your will is, because it's better for you to follow God's will as a single mother than to be in a situation where you're married to a man who, and then you, there's more troubles that come out there. He may be a good guy and he may be the right one, but you better know because this video right here is going to be a remembrance of you, of God giving you the opportunity to seek his will and not to allow fear, not to allow his voice, not to allow your child to make you go into something that God uh, uh, doesn't want you to be in. And just because you have a child out of wedlock doesn't mean or God can't sustain you, that God still doesn't love you. God loves you. He has a will for you. But if you're not in a situation yet, find out what God's will is and go with that because it's better to know God's will on this side of marriage than to be on the other side of marriage, waiting and praying and seeking for God to redeem that marriage. And now you're sitting there as the lone ranger following God. Now, 
if y'all both are not in the, not gonna say the right place with God, but if y'all not in the right renewed place mentally with God, then I wouldn't get married yet. Go if you got a, a pastor, a good sound pastor, get some counseling. See, I'm just your coach. I'm just a friend. I'm just here to help. But if you have a pastor that God has joined you to, get some counsel. So get ask God to surround you with the right counsel. So that you can kind of unpack some feelings and some frustrations so that you won't go forward into something that God doesn't want you to, especially when he has made a way of escape. And don't think that, well, I had a baby by him, so I guess we have to get married. God can be the replacement father in the meantime as you heal and as he heals. And there could be a, a God can use co-parenting. And co-parenting may be better than actually being married, but only God has the answer for that for you. And he's and he says, if anyone lacks wisdom, he will give it to you and will not hold and will not withhold it from you. I have a son on the way. OK, you have a son on the way with my fiance. We've been through a lot. Always thought he's the one thinking and knowing is two totally different things. You have the opportunity right now to know that, you know, that, you know, and we both are trying to follow God. And that's good. That's good. Will our marriage fail if he's not God sent? Um, 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 I, I don't like to say the word your marriage will fail. Um, but there will be probably um, unnecessary troubles. If it's God's one for you and y'all both are entering at the right time, there will be a supernatural support. Now, don't get me wrong. God can support a marriage, whether it's the, his will or not. But what I'm trying to say, it's best to know that you know to avoid the unnecessary than to utilize the excuses that we've been through a lot and we have a son on the way as as the valid reasons why you should. The only reason that matters for you to be in a marriage is God. Seek him while he can be found. Get to know him while he'll, he's near, while the voices are silent and follow his will going forward. God will help you. God will, God, God will help wherever there's desire for him to be helped. But I'm telling you, I'd rather clean a small mess than to clean a big mess. Hope that helped. All right, next question. How do I remain faithful to God when I feel like he isn't answering my prayers? Good question. The question is not is God why God is not answering. The question to the is for you to ask why are you asking? The question is never why God is not answering. The real question is why am I asking? For what reason? The Bible says um in James that um that when you pray, I uh, I I'm give, I'm not really saying it accurately. Um uh that you, when you ask, you ask amiss because you want to consume of your own lust. Meaning, I'm really only asking God for certain things because deep down inside, I'm gonna utilize it for my own lust, my own whatever, and I ain't gonna really, I ain't gonna really, I ain't gonna do this for God. There's two, probably more reasons, but there's two reasons off the top of the dome why God, why why God is not answering your prayer. Number one, maybe three reasons. Number one, you're not ready for the answer. Because the answer may lead you into idolizing the answer. The answer may lead you. Uh, God's not going to give you an answer prematurely. Number two, you're asking for carnal and selfish reasons. Or number three, God, you're going through a test and the teacher's always quiet during the test. So number one, God is not answering your question. You're answering your prayer because maybe the answer is too heavy for you to handle right now. And that all he wants you to do is to trust him. Number two, he's not answering your prayer because your prayer could be carnal, selfish, and has no real um, eternal or kingdom value. Or, or number three, you're going through a test and God wants you to learn um, 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 to practice what you have learned 
and 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 then he'll talk to you after the test because the teacher's quiet after the testing. So the question is, and do I have an attitude? If you have an attitude, then you're asking wrongly. It's nothing wrong with being concerned or whatever. But if you have an attitude, like I can't believe God's not answering my question and I'm upset about it, then, then chances are you asking because you want your idol or you want your carnal needs met. If it's frustration because you're like, God, I'm worried, then trust God is good at being God and that, that he will answer when the answer needs to be answered. And it could be that he's not answering so that you can see where your faith level is so that you can see, like, do I really trust God? It could just be a test. So how do I remain faithful to God when I feel like he is answering my prayer? You stay faithful because of faithfulness sake. If you're faithful to God only because of what God would do for you, then you truly don't understand what it means to be faithful to God. Right now, I'm faithful to God because of faithfulness sake. I'm faithful to God because he was faithful to me. I'm faithful to God even if God doesn't. The question is, would, will is your faithfulness predicated on his faithfulness? Because many of us have a, a lens of God's faithfulness. Well, 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 I'm only going to match God's faithfulness when he mat when he matches what I desire. What I mean by that is, well, well, God, I, sometimes we only do what God wants us to do because we want to answer. And that's the wrong reason. We should be faithful to God because of him, not of, not because what we want him to do. Some of us, our faithfulness is solely on what we want him to do. We do that all the time, even at our job. Oh, I'll be I'll do good for two months because it's raise season. Oh, I'll be faithful and be dedicated. But the moment you don't get what you want, you cursing God, you mad at God, you sinning, you doing whatever you want, because the whole reason why you're faithful is to get something. If your faithfulness is based upon getting something, then you're going to always be frustrated. But if your faithfulness is based upon how good and matchless his name is and how faithful he has been to you, you're going to be faithful just for faithfulness sake. You're going to be good because you see his faithfulness by seconds. I see I'm a, I'm faithful to God because he's given me air to be faithful. He's given me air in my lungs to keep going with my faithfulness. And off of that alone, I'll be faithful to him. Off the fact that he died for me and gave me a, 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 a ticket out of hell and the ability to fulfill my purpose the right way, I'm faithful. If he, God never gave me another dollar, if God never gave me another speaking engagement, if God never did nothing else for me, he done enough. And when you see God that he has done enough, you will do what you need to do. Hope that help. All right. Next question. How do I break this repetitive or repetitive or repetitive sin? Sir, I'm struggling with lust and pornography. I'm 18 years old. I'll fall again and again. Need help. I have seen every solution for this problem, but nothing seems to work. Good question. Now, let me feel your heart for a minute. Um, you're in your prime. You know, your body's young, is youthful. Um, you know, when you're 13, when 13 came across, you found you found something about yourself that gave you pleasure that you never thought. And and I can only and I know what that frustration is, right? But to help you specifically is that when you look for solutions without the savior, your problem will never be solved. When you look for solutions without the savior, your problem will never be solved. What sustains me is Jesus. From Jesus, other, so other systems, right? 
What I mean by Jesus, I know that sounds super spiritual, but let me make it practical to you. When I realize just how weak I am, just how frail I am, like, like I never let myself off the guard with that. I never was that type of guy that was like, I have championed pornography. No, 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 no. Every day, every day I'm giving my dependence on God. Not because, oh, I feel pornography hunting me down. No, 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 no. I'm not stupid. I know for a fact that what if I think that I stand, I'm steps from falling, right? So when I know that, okay, I need Jesus every day by default, we're not talking about just for pornography or just for lust, by default, default settings, my default settings, and I leave it on those default settings, is that I'm setting myself on Jesus. Yo, Jesus, I need your help. Holy Spirit leading God me to all truth. That has to be a rhythm of your life. Acknowledging God in all your ways, communing with the Holy Spirit, building intentionally engaging in the development of relationship with God will help you on the back end, okay? So when you are invested in your relationship with God and you know Jesus personally and you desperately know how much you need him and you weak, I don't, there's not five steps that can stop you from pornography if you skip step one or the, or the main step and that's saying, God, I need you. I need help. I have a problem. Now, when you acknowledge that you need help from Jesus and you begin to engage with him on a day-to-day basis to help support the back end, then Jesus, through his spirit, will begin to lead you into truth points. He'll begin to send you accountability. He'll begin to send you people that will hold you accountable. What you do with your phone, if your phone's a problem, there's a, there's a setting in your iPhone that you give a person that you care for. And they'll it, it's, um, it keeps, uh, I forgot what it's called because I've done it such a long time ago. It's a setting in your phone where uh, for sexual content, I guess that's what parents with kids, but you, we need it. So what you do is you give the person your phone and they'll type a password in that you won't know nothing about and it locks your phone where you won't be able to search no lustful content. And if Instagram becomes a problem, cut Instagram off. You got to do whatever it takes or you got to make sure that you have somebody in your life that God brings that checks in you every week and say, how, how, how much did you masturbate this week? How much pornography did you watch? And then understand that it's a gradual. Now, some things may happen and you drastically deliver it. Don't get me wrong. That's that's few far in between in certain situations. But the Holy Spirit knows where you came from. And you also got to look at where that sin was conceived. And you got to forgive. That's got to be a forgiving point. You got to say, okay, forgive yourself. Hey, at 13, I did this. Maybe you was molested. Maybe you was, uh, or you just was around the wrong friends. Maybe you was touched wrong, whatever. You got to go to that point. Where was this sin conceived, Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit will open your mind and say, this is when this seed was conceived. And he'll let you know what you need to confess or do to close that door from any demonic entrances, right? So when you take care of the past, you can take care of the present. If you take care of the present, you can take care of of your future. So when you take care of that past moment and you forgive it and you accept God's freedom in that area, it helps with your present. Now in the present, you keep yourself dependent on Jesus. At the same time, the Holy Spirit will tell you, give this person to your phone so they can set a code. After they set a code, at least your phone's taken care of. You got to go through all measures in certain seasons to ensure that you don't fall, meaning no Wi-Fi in the house, which means if you got to get a Nokia old phone that all you can do is play Snake on, right? Only thing you can do is the screen don't have no color, but it's green. Get you a flip phone. You got to do whatever it takes to make sure it's not within arm's reach, right? We're talking about that's on bad days. 
What helped me was all those points, but also being productive. You know how I kept myself pure? Look at those 1,400 videos on YouTube. Look at the six books that I wrote. Look at everything. Listen, you got to be productive in your purpose so that you won't be idle in sin. Hope that helped, bro. Solution without the Savior, no problem solved. And I forgot all the stuff I just said. And I pray that it was, I hope, I know it's the Holy Spirit speaking because I don't remember what I said, but utilize those points at the 36 minute marker, the 38 minute marker, go back, look through that. And I'm a, I may start doing timestamps up under here. I just need to have time. I may do timestamps to each question so you guys can kind of go back and know exactly where your question was answered. Hope to help, bro. But I have a lot of videos on pornography. If you want to look online, it was a struggle in my life. And I overcame by the help of the Holy Ghost, and I'm staying with the Holy Ghost and to ensure I don't fall into it, okay? Uh, thank you so much, Coach. Single and whole. That's right. Stay single. Get whole. Right. We plant the seeds. That's right. Beautiful. Thank you, Mary. Candid girl, uh, Shalita. Allen. All right. I have been having anxiety about my future. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what to do with my life. I've been out of school for four years. I've tried jobs and college with no luck. I'm getting weary. What should I do? Good question. Um, there's nothing to be anxious about because of who holds your tomorrow. Never waste the energy of today worrying about something you cannot control. Now, let's dig and unpack your question. Anxiety is the fruit of fear. Fear is the fruit of no focus. No focus is the fruit of, of fellowship with oneself and with God. When I begin to fellowship with God, I begin to find myself. When I find myself, I find my focus. When I find my focus, I find my fervor. When I find my fervor, my faithfulness increases. Anyone who doesn't know their purpose will always have anxiety points in their life. What is what you're going through right now is normal. Why is it normal? Because we was brought up in homes where our parents told us what our career should be. We didn't really, our parents didn't know our purpose. They didn't know themselves. They didn't know you enough to be able to set you within the right environment that's conducive of your purpose being developed and to be the forefront. And most of us grew up in homes where our families and I it didn't really make the fear of God known and made the fear of God revelant, the grace of God known, the, the, the creativeness. The first thing the Bible says, in the beginning, God created. That's one of the greatest powers that God has is the ability to create. And in that ability of creation, God gave us the ability to create and inside of us is everything that we need. God did not deposit you with without the things you need. Inside of you is your purpose right now. And this is what I do often in my coaching sessions, which which makes makes me laugh every time. What I do is this. I ask my client, if my client says, hey, coaching, if you want coaching sessions, I got you. Go to my website, imunplugged.com. If you want one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions with me, I would love to help you. But what I often do is, if the if the coaching is in creative uh, purpose kind of realm, I always say, so what's your purpose? They'll be like, coach, I really don't even know what my purpose is. You know what I do while they're saying I don't know what my purpose is? I get my phone and I press the timer. The next question is, what are you passionate about? And most of the people, 99.9% of people go two to three to four minutes with me not saying nothing, telling me what they're passionate about. And then when I stop the clock, I say, you went three minutes and 32 seconds of telling me in detail what your purpose is. 
So everyone know what their purpose is. They just don't have the right person asking them the right questions to make them be like, wow, I actually do know what I thought I didn't know. So if you're getting weary, you got to understand, am I getting weary in poor doing or well doing? Weariness is the fruit of work. But you have to ask yourself, hey, did one of my dreams just die? Am I being anxious because I found out that I was pursuing what my mom wanted me to do, what my dad wanted me to do, what I thought I wanted to do? Is that what's going on? That's normal. All of us went through that after college because what happens is you was brought up in one bubble. Then you graduate into another bubble. You was brought up in a family bubble. Then you went through a school bubble. Then you went through a college bubble. And then when you came out of that bubble into the real world, you was like, oh, shoot. The only way to survive the real world is to find your purpose. You're not going to be successful in the real world not doing what you were sent to really do. Listen, I'm not sent here to produce apples if I'm an orange tree. No. So I, if, I, if you're going to survive the real world, you got to know your purpose. So what you got to ask yourself, get a sheet of paper and say, you know, what am I passionate about? What is a problem in this world that I want to solve? Who are the people that I'm supposed to help solve that specific problem for? And what are the products, the tools, the, 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 the patterns, the practices, the, the, the whatever, the preaching that I'm supposed to offer to solve, so to bring God's kingdom aid to a specific people with a specific problem. So find the specific problem that you just want to fix, find the specific people who have that specific problem and find the specific product, patterns, practices, uh, principles that you're supposed to give that specific purpose person with that specific problem that you're supposed to do. Because passion is the fuel by which your purpose is produced. Find your passion, find your purpose. If you don't have a passion for it, you're going to be upset. And don't get me wrong. <clears throat> you're going to be at jobs that you hate. But you, when you have the, see, you got to change the perspective. Perspective is everything. Anxiety is the fruit of poor perspective. There's no need to have worry if you have the right perspective. So you got to go to your mind and say, okay, where in my mind do I need to renew it? Because am I focusing on the wrong things? Could it be that my purpose is in plain sight? I just had a client recently who talked about, um, um, her job. And she was like, um, now Ramon's going to get her worksheet to her. She was telling me about how um, I'm, I love God and I want to be in ministry, but my job is not conducive to my ministry. I said, do you know that 10% that of my ministry are these videos? 10% of my ministry is what I do for y'all. 90% y'all know nothing about. Do you know <clears throat> I'm the father figure to 400 to 500 plus kids in the elementary school that I work at? <clears throat> that my ministry, you will never know, but they know every day within those four walls that wherever you are is your ministry, that your job could be the training grounds by which you plateau, uh, 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 perish, uh, not perish, you, but uh, uh, push from to find your purpose. You say, I have no idea what to do with my life. You do know. You just got to know the one that will help you know what's in you. Find the specific problem. Find the specific people with that problem. And find the products within. And what I do with God, I have brainstorming sessions with God. Okay, right now I'm writing my seventh book. I got an eighth book in the chamber behind that. I'm creating my third and fourth card game. I know myself. What I help people do is find their mission statement. Here's two mission statements that I have in my life. My vision statement and my mission statement. My vision statement is to help people make sense of life. That's my vision. My vision is from here on out to help anyone that comes to make sense of life. 
My vision is to see people around me. Oh, I get it. Now my life makes sense. Oh, that makes sense. That's my vision statement. My mission statement is, is I am a resource developer providing resources for people's spiritual maturity for God's optimal use. The more specific you are, the more successful you are. My vision, like I said, is make, helping people make sense of life. That's my vision. That people, ah, that makes sense. They have clarity. Their minds are being renewed. They have the right perspective points, right? My mission is, <clears throat> or uh, who I am, I'm a resource developer. All the stuff I do falls into that resource developer. Two words, resource developer. I develop resources that makes people spiritually mature so that God can get the optimal use out of them. The more specific you are, the more the more successful you will be. But I know what you're going through. Man, when I when I left college and I couldn't get back in my school and I was in my mother's womb, not my mother's womb, my mother's house. Oh man, suicidal thoughts embarrassment crept on me and I pleaded to God, God, what am I doing? What do you need me to do? And you know what God told me to do? Finish that book, son. See, God gives you an assignment for your anxiety. He said, give me your anxiety and I'll give you an assignment. What are you supposed to do right now? That will help you navigate this anxious anxiety season, but know that it's normal. Because one of your dreams have died. Know that it's normal that you've been lied to, that you've been hoodwinked into thinking that this was your purpose or this was your plan. Get a job, retire, live by a lake or live by some water. But no, life is about fulfillment. And the only way you can be fulfilled is fulfilling your purpose. And you know it right now. All you got to do is do what I just said a few minutes ago and you'll find yourself on the right track. Hope to help. You're welcome to Wanda. All right, I need to shake the enemy's hook off my life. Let me show you a um, question. Uh, I need to shake the enemy's hook off my life. I'm in ministry. I am a musician going through a pornography struggle. I've been looking for love in porn. I'm still a virgin. Could fasting help? Uh, let me show you other one. Uh, you also said uh, people are so standoffish about taking, talking about porn and sexual alley struggles. How do you overcome when there's no sense of community? Um, understand this. And that I think this is why... I love what God is doing through my life. Um, ministry is a weird thing. How does one minister when he needs ministering? How does one navigate struggles while helping other people freed from theirs? Um, to help you, bro, like I said in the other part of the pornography point, you got to see that sin for what it really is. I cannot preach the way that I preach entangled in pornography. I couldn't. If you want the yokes off of the people that you're ministering, you have to mind the ministry of you. Now, the reason why people are standoffish when it comes to this is because they, they're they're standing in the same sin. You know, um, I'm not afraid to talk about 
my past struggles. I'm not afraid to talk about my current struggles. I'm not afraid because I know for I know who my redeemer is. I know he can set me free. And in telling my story, because some of y'all been navigating with me for 11 years. So y'all know what I've gone through, been through my frustration, because I make it very vocal and clear in my in my message. And there were parts in ministry where I struggled with pornography as well. But when I realized back when I was a young pup in this thing on how pornography taints or is disruptive to, to the anointing on my life, <clears throat> to the to the power of my words, I said, I got to let you go because you because listen, listen, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You'll cut off anything that messes with your money. You'll cut off anything that messes with your flow. You'll cut off anything. I don't care. I don't care what it is. Oh, you affecting my money? You affecting my ministry? You affecting my 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 me and my God's rhythm and flow? I got to cut you off because because I got no 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 no. I'm not gonna let you in my life to hinder the flow of God in my life. Listen, listen, listen. You got to look at where you, the desired outcomes of your ministry. What are the desired outcomes? Ooh, Holy Ghost, thank you. What are the desired? See, 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 see. The reason why people don't want to be fully delivered because they don't really have no specific desired outcome for their ministry. You know what my desired outcome for ministry is? The Bible says some things don't come, but by prayer and fasting, you got to understand that there are certain desired outcomes. If I want to do greater works, if I want him to work mightily through me, if I want to see the sick healed and the dead raised, I got to be in a certain kind of river. I got to be in a certain kind of, of rhythm of righteous living. Woo. But if you just want to be cute and sing and be handsome and just sing good song, if you just want to be in a talent business, then keep doing what you're doing. But if you want to be in the deliverance business, you got to be delivered and you got to make a decision in seeing just how daily that sinful practice will affect the work of the Holy Ghost through you. You see what I'm saying? Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get intoxicated by being used by God because God used a donkey. So it doesn't see God can still use a person that he cut off for the sake of the people. But it doesn't mean God is with you. I don't want God to be using me. I don't want God to uh, to 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 use through me. I want him to use me. And if you want him to constantly use, you got to say, listen, man, you're affecting my money. This sin affecting my money. It's affecting my marriage. It's affecting my time. It's affecting me getting to this whatever. Ooh, you'll cut it off. But what is your desired outcome for ministry? Your desired outcome will determine your disciplined outputs. Ooh. Your desire, that's in my new book I'm writing. Your desired outcomes will determine your disciplined outputs. If you want a certain outcome, you got to have certain outputs. You want a certain outcome, you got to have certain outputs. And you got to let go of certain things. Now, um, you got to deal with them. You got to go to God. Take that thing to the altar with God in your closet, in your room, wherever. Go to God and say, God, I need you. I'm tired of this. Renew my mind in this area. I need your help day by day. And then start saying, okay, what do I need to cut off? But the only way the Bible says the only way you can be transformed is by the renewing of your mind. That's just that's that's the that's the secret. That's the solution. You can't transform by the renewing of your habits or the renewing of your hands. You transform by the renewing of your mind. If you can change the way you think about pornography, you can change the way you see pornography. You can change the way your hands do with those per, per, uh, with with whatever. whatever. You see what I'm saying? Your mind has to be renewed. You got to go all the way back to your past and say, man, do I not like me? People who do pornography, people who have sexual habits comes from some kind of abuse or some kind of uh, 
um, misunderstanding of themselves. You see what I'm saying? Um, maybe people feel like, and ministry is tough because you got so much output going on that you don't feel replenished. Your replenishing can't be, well, I'm celibate and I can't have sex, but I'm going to utilize this to kind of get me through. It's still going to hurt you in the long run because it's going to warp your mind. And then when you do have a wife, if you don't have one now, you have a husband, if you don't have one now, depending on who you are, you, 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 you're not going to be, you're going to be lust driven, not love driven. So if you could change the way you think about the sin and allow the Holy Spirit renew your mind, that thing will fall off of you like it ain't nothing. Hope to help. But I think at the 38 minute marker, I went into some other details about pornography that will kind of help you just in case you came in and the ladder in. All right. Tawanda says, is it okay to hate demons? It's okay to hate them, but don't hate them. <laughs> It's okay to hate them, but don't hate them. Don't hate them deeply because hate means you're focused on them. I, I ignore them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't, I, don't get me wrong. I, I hate what God hates, but sometimes hate can lead to overly focusing on. When the disciples came back after Jesus sent them two by two, they came back rejoicing. Hey, Jesus, yo, man, look, bro. The demons tremble. The demons are subject to us. She said, yo, 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 young blood, young blood, chill, relax, relax. Don't rejoice in the fact that you got power over demons. Rejoice solely in the fact that your name is written. That should be your focus. That my focus comes from the fact that my name is written, that I've been enlisted in the army of God for the sole purpose of advancing this kingdom in the realm of my influence. If you start hating demons, now you start being a demon hunter. No, don't let your hate lead you to demon hunting. Just live out the Christ in you. Live out the Holy Spirit work on you. And when demons do approach you, see, demons demons love when you focus on them because you're distracted from something else. You take care of demons when it's time to take care of them, but don't have such disdain of them that they have your focus. There's, hate them, but don't hate them. Dislike them, but don't hate them. Don't get so focused on them that you become a devil hunter because then you staying away from just living your um um uh, thing out with god right all right let's keep going oh man i lost my place give me one second all right y'all helping each other i see you guys i see you all ladies and gals gals and guys helping each other i gotta scroll all the way up all the way all right here we go you are supposed to hate demons and seek deliverance from them. all right cool cool new scribe hey thank you guys so much for subscribing appreciate that Wow, you are a blessing to me, brother. God is good. I'm glad he's using me to be a blessing. All right. Uh, what's up? What's up? I need this. I need it. I'm so glad it was a blessing to you. I, I love these What Should I Do Wednesdays, man. I, I'm i I'm off work, so I'm, I'm doing um, life coaching and I'm doing more videos now. Um, last couple of weeks, my last week was last week. I had to stay a little bit longer. I had to work all the way through June. But now I'm going to be, I, I love What Should I Do Wednesdays. I love serving you guys. Can you be led to be with an older woman? Man, yeah. Age ain't nothing but a number, the psalmist Aaliyah says. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Age ain't nothing but a Oh, let me stop. I don't, I don't know all the lyrics to that song. What I'm trying to say is, say is hey, if you like older, <coughs> you like what you like. There's nothing wrong with preference. Don't allow somebody else to push their preference on you or make you feel like you don't like what you like. You like what you like. If, if God got an older woman for you, ain't nothing wrong with that. You see what I'm saying? But just know what you're getting. Know that you like, know, make sure you like what you like. Don't make sure that you're not in some kind of weird place, lustful 
place where you like older women because of whatever you just if you like older women solely because you like older women ain't nothing wrong with that but if you like everybody has to ask why they have those preferences that leads me to another conversation let me and i'm gonna i'm gonna die i'm gonna indulge if your preference is your preference without any type of persuasion outside of you liking what you like like it but if your preference is comes from self-hate comes from you hating another people group, comes from you whatever other reasons, sexual, lustful. There's nothing wrong with being sexually attracted to what you like. Don't get me wrong. I'm talking about perverted sexual attraction. Then you got to question your preference. If you only like light-skinned women because of your disdain for dark-skinned women, or you like dark-skinned women for your disdain of light-skinned women, or you like white women because you're disdain for black women, or you like black women because you're disdain for white women, or you like this type of man for your disdain for this type of man, then you got to question your heart. You see what I'm saying? You got to question your heart. You cannot like someone else in from the heart of disliking someone else. That, oh, since my mama was mean, since I was around this school, or I went to this church and these women was just like this, I hate black women, or I hate dark-skinned women, or I hate light-skinned women, or I hate white women, and I'm only going to marry a married Filipino from the Northeastern District of the Philippines. If, it, if, 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 if your reason of liking someone comes from some type of persuasion, from perversion, or from patterns that you've observed that makes you in disdain of the woman or the man that you are around, then, then you your preference is skewed. But if you like if you like what you like because you like what you like, and it's a part of your purpose, because you're only gonna deep down inside your purpose will let you know what you like. It ain't nothing wrong. So, but you gotta also be confident that if people get mad at you because you like a white woman, or you people get mad at you because you like a black woman, or people don't like you because you like this type of man. Don't allow their prejudices to make you loosen off the preferences that you like because you like it and, and own up to what you like and, and, and know what comes with what you like. And, and that's OK. You see what I'm saying? Some people, they'll be like, oh, you like them light skin, girl. Oh, you like them dark skin. What's wrong with us? Ain't nothing wrong with you. I like what I like. Me liking someone doesn't by default mean I don't like you. That's what you got to make sure. Because most people be like, okay, because mama said I'm a meritus, and now you now you suffering off of the uh, 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 disapproval of somebody else. Like what you like because you like it. Don't like it because you dislike something else that's forcing you to like it. Because now you still have this. Then that person really that person really won't get real love from you. The only reason you idolize who they are because of where you came from. No, you gotta like them for who they are, and like what you like, and be okay if grandmama don't like it. Okay, or Papa don't like it. Who cares if you don't like it? I'm as far as me and my house. You know the rest. Let's keep going. So George, I hope that helps, man. You just gotta always find the heart of the matter. Why do I like what I like? And if you like it from a pure place, then pursue it. If if it's in God's will. All right, next question. <clears throat> Been going an hour. What are the signs of someone who idolizes marriage when they talk about it too much, when they think about it too much? Uh, one of the symptoms of a person who idolizes marriage when you see no fruit of them being ready for marriage, but they got they got sentences and paragraphs and books on marriage. You see what I'm saying? Idolatry is a subtle thing, but an obvious thing. See, when you're seasoning God and you've been around God long enough and you've been delivered and saved from some of the things that people are currently navigating in, it's easy to spot. That's why I don't trust rookies. Don't trust rookies 
Um, don't trust people with non-experience to help guide you into future experiences. You see what I'm saying? Because if you always, because that's why you can't really trust your peers or the people that's at the place where you are. They help to support you. They help to kind of gird you up, but they're not really a place of wisdom to a degree because they're still watering, walling through the waters you're going through. And so what I mean by that is <clears throat> you got to find somebody who's been married, married, and understands marriage and has fruit of marriage or has been healed from a past marriage and has some wisdom to offer because you will begin to see, oh, maybe I shouldn't idolize this thing because idolatry doesn't help you when you actually in it. <laughs> idolatry only makes it worse because when you in it, idolatry can't support nothing. So what are the signs of someone who idolizes marriage? Number one sign, they talk about it too much. They're loud. They're, they're, they're worried about it. Um, and no, 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 no. What I mean by word concern and worry and uh, uh, questioning. Oh, let me, let me, let me, what's, let me find a better word. Um, um, worried about it is one thing than worried about it. Weariness is a part of waiting. It's not the weary and worry, two totally different things. The Bible says, do not be weary and well doing for in due season, you will reap if you faint not. He's saying, hey, you're going to be weary and doing good, but change your perspective. Don't grow weary. There we go. That, let's make the text clear. Don't grow weary. Growing weary means the dwelling on something. You're going to be weary, but don't grow in that weariness. Weariness is a mindset. Weary is what happens. It's nothing wrong with being weary. Weariness is a problem. Weariness means that your mind has focused too much on why you're weary in the first place. Weariness will come. A weary will come. Weariness is a mindset that leads to worry. So don't grow and weary and doing good because your due season will come. So people who don't know that there's a due season, another word, due season, due season means I got to meet the dues in my current season for me to have my due season. If you want your due season, there's certain dues you have to pay. And don't, don't, don't throw stones at me. Certain preachers talking about, you mean I got to work? No, no, no. Dues means discipline that I'm actually ready, that I'm proven, that I got stewardship. I got to meet the dues of this season. God, what am I supposed to do in this season? Why are you asking God for a due season? You ain't doing nothing in the season he's giving you. You see what I'm saying? So when you know your due season to come, you won't even worry about that season because you got so much you got to focus on this season. Those who idolize marriage are those who are not embracing the assignments of their current season. They're, they overly talk about the season. They're always talking about this. They're always looking at maybe he's the one. If they're looking for it, if they're talking about it, chances are they're idolizing the idea of marriage. Hope that helped. All right, next question. I could go deeper in that, and maybe I should. Um. Oh, did I skip somebody's question? I'm so sorry. Let me ask you a question. And I have another question. Are are is is the Lord Jesus and the Father one? It puzzles me around. It uh, puzzles me around as you study the Bible. Lord Jesus is praying to the Father God. So, how, Lord? Great question. Let me make it plain for you. The Bible says, let us create man in our image. Now, let's start there. Let us. Who is he talking to? You have to understand that what happens in eternity may, may echo a certain kind of way in the ears of man. Now, God is a triune. There's a Godhead. There's three in one. When we was made in his image, we are also three in one. We have a body. We have a soul. We have a spirit. There's the Heavenly Father. There's the Son of God. And there's the Holy Spirit. God is one. He is triune. He is solid in eternity, but expressed himself three ways through time. Now, 
That doesn't mean uh, that they're that they don't have equal value. See, right now I have equal value in my whole self. I who I am is who I am. God is who he is. Now, let's make it plain for you. The Holy Spirit is exclusively God in himself. The Son is exclusively God himself. The Father is exclusively God. They're all equal in unison. See, when God through Jesus came into earth, you have to understand how he went. Anyone who played video games can get this analogy. When I'm playing 2K, I'm in a whole nother realm with a controller. And I'm creating a player in another dimension. I am to the best of my ability going to create now in NBA 2K uh my player may not be 62 or it may be 62 I may embellish on my end but that's the human side maybe in NBA 2K I'm 6 foot 7 you know what I'm saying but hey, hey maybe I'm 6 foot 7 with 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 a dunk package that's out of this world now but God being holy and who he is created him exactly who he would be in the earth realm while recording Jesus while uh, um, um, guiding Jesus completely in another realm. That's why Jesus said, I only do what I see my father do. That's what my created player is supposed to do, supposed to do what I wanted to do. So God came in flesh to reveal himself and say, here, here I am. And then he said, I got to break this flesh to release my spirit. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same one that dwells inside of you. So they're all equal. They're one in eternity. There are you there the Godhead expressed three unique, holistically equal ways throughout time. So Jesus is God, 100% God. And part of the triune, part of the Trinity, we won't understand until we get there. So I'm not going, I'm not going to act, act like I have all the answers because I never seen them all. The, I, I haven't seen the mystery of that until we get to glory. But God has given us certain points like us that we're three parts. If we're three parts, where do we get this three partness from? We got it from him. And the uniqueness of his is that all all of him is in unison. And his goal is for all of us to be unison, to be connected to the Godhead so we can do godly work on this earth. Hope that helped. I know there was a lot of theological type stuff, but parts of that we're not going to completely understand until we get to heaven. But we know for a fact that God had to be God in the flesh to pay a ransom that only God can pay. So if Jesus was 100% God, then sin wouldn't have been paid for. It had to be, God had to be in flesh form. And the reason why Jesus was completely God in the flesh, because Adam never had sex with, uh, uh, not Adam, uh, Joseph never had sex with Mary. There was a perfect seed planted. And the Bible, ooh, not the Bible, but let's get a little into some biology. That's why the child never receives the blood of the woman. So even in the creation of Eve in the creation of woman, God went into the womb of woman to say, I'm going to make sure that going forward, that no matter what womb I come through, the woman's tainted blood will not cross the holy blood. So even though the woman, the carrier was sinful, the womb is pure. And so when the Holy Spirit planted the seed, the divine blood of the Most High was in the veins of the body. So Jesus was um, fully man 
and fully God because of the blood that was in him. That's why it took the holy blood to be shed to pay for the remission of sin. So now when I go forward, I can plead the blood because anything that hears the blood of Jesus know for a fact that there's power in it. Woo, I'm preaching now and I've got my rag out. I'm telling you, I can go deep in that theology stuff now. Woo. Hey, Jesus is God in the flesh and he's sitting on the right hand of the father. Hey, you're so welcome, Aries. Everything seems good about him. He is not. Oh, Valerie, what's going on, Valerie? What you talking about? Did I miss your question, Valerie? Everything seems good about him. He is not saved, but says he's a Christian. Should I? Oh, oh there's another one. There's an old exclusive question. Should I continue to get to? Seem is such a confusing word. Seems. Seems gives the illusion that there might be, but there also gives the illusion that there might not be. It seems right, but I don't know if it's right. So let me break it down. If everything seems good about him, he is not saved. Stop there, cut it off. But says he's a Christian. See, see, anybody can say they're a Christian, but the Bible says you don't examine, you don't know them by the fruit of their words. You know them by the fruit of their life. If he's saved and not a Christian, listen, anybody, there's people talking about their Christian, they got perverse lifestyles. Should I continue to get to know him or cut it off? And how do I end this? I don't want to settle. Cut it off because you love you. Cut it off because you love purpose. You don't owe nobody no explanation when it comes to the life you're supposed to live. Listen, you can, the only reason why you would continue in that relationship is because you don't see, you don't have clarity on who you are. It's easy to cut something off when you are something of value. Woo. It's easy to cut something off when you see value in you. Now, your cut off or your continuous in this is based upon the clarity of value you have for yourself. If you don't have no value, you're going to continue because you rather settle. See, 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 <clears throat> you know what doesn't go on clearance? You know what never goes on sale? You know what never has a BOGO? Buy one, get one. Bentleys, Rolls Royces, Rolexes. You will never see them on clearance. Hondas, you might get a deal. Come down to Honda of Charlotte and go get you 20% off. <clears throat> Bentley dealership, that Bentley will sit there for years with the same value. Woo! Woo! A Bentley will sit in the same lot for years and still retain its value because you know why it's valuable? It was hand-stitched. It was made of greater quality and nobody was meant to be uh, thinking of themselves less than they should. So you, how do you end this? <clears throat> Get you a list of pros and cons. This is what you do. You write down all the pros and all the cons of this man in your life. Because you need to save that. You might want to uh, um, laminate it. You may want to frame it. You may want to put it somewhere to remind you. Because sometimes we, when thoughts are swimming up here, we get confused. But when you put your thoughts on paper, you really see, wow, he's really no good for me. Then when you see it for yourself and you have it stored in a certain place. So when you get frustrated on week three without talking to him, you can go back to that drawer and say, oh, okay, this is, I'm reminding myself why I should not be investing in this individual. And then you go to that person and say, hey, man, um, I just need a little bit more time to just me and God. I, I'm just not ready for this right now. 
Um, you don't got to tell him that he's not the one. Don't do that because then he's going to look at you. No, don't bring no condemnation on him. Don't bring no anxiety on him. Don't bring no pressure. Don't don't know what you do is write your list of pros and cons. Say, Hey man, this person ain't bearing fruit with keeping repentance. This person is not the one for me. Write your list because you just for the days in the future. If you need reminding, what you do now is you go to that person and say, Hey man, I just got to cut this off. Um, (laughs) you can say it's not you as me. No, don't do that. But what you do is you just, you just, you just, hey, celebrate them, critique them, celebrate them, celebrate the, hey, man, you're a good man um, right now. <clears throat> no, nah, I don't do that. Let me take that away because then you don't want to critique him. What I'm trying to say is just say, hey, man, we just can't do this. <laughs> okay, let's make it plain. <clears throat> but if you want to do it nicely and gently, just be like, you know what? I think I rushed this and I wasn't ready. Um, and I'm, I'm not 100% sure. If you're the one for me, I'm not 100% sure if I want this in the future. So I, I you're free to date whoever you want to date. I'm let I'm letting this go. Um and and um I will appreciate if you don't contact me um as I as I um do what I need to do. Do that. If that person doesn't respect those boundaries, you got your fruit there. If that does if that person moves on quickly, you found your fruit there. If that person does what you say you do and doesn't have no fruit of being bad, it could be a good thing, but not all good things are for you. But the fact that you said that Joker ain't saved and he says he's a Christian. Oh, he says a Christian until you get to them pants. He'll do whatever. He'll say whatever you need to hear to get into them pants. So, so, so just go ahead and cut them off. Next question. <laughs> um, <clears throat> good question, Tiffany. Is it a sin to cut off relationships with certain family members if they are toxic or is that considered holding on? Cutting off is the fruit of forgiveness. <laughs> One of the byproducts of forgiveness is I'm giving myself the opportunity to go forward. Forgive. Giving myself the opportunity to go forward. Anything that's hindering you back, you forgave, but you got to go forward. So there's nothing wrong with if it's toxic, anything with toxicity also becomes toxic. So there's nothing wrong with cutting off family members. And what I mean by cutting them off, don't cut them off cold turkey. You're going to see them on 4th of July. You're going to see them tomorrow at the cookout. You know what I'm saying? You're going to see them on Thanksgiving. You're going to see them. Don't be rude. Just cut off your time and cut off your mind to them. <clears throat> Don't allow their words to get in your mind. Cut off. Don't cut them off in proximity because that's your blood. You see what I'm saying? But cut them off in regards to influence. And if they disrespect your balance, first of all, this is what you do. You start dissonance yourself. Not completely dissing yourself. You start lifting in the rope. They know that you're there, but the rope is longer. See, some of us, we're this close. And so when they tug, you get pulled all like that. You just lifting the rope. I'm still here, but I'm lifting the rope. I'm just slowly distancing myself. Right? And then when they start becoming extra, then it's when you become vocal. Hey, man, y'all tripping. I'm cutting y'all off. I love y'all, but I can't be around y'all talking crazy. Listen, if they get mad at you, their immaturity is mad at you. Your maturity is making them mad at you. So it's totally okay to cut uh, family members off if they're toxic. That's not a form of unforgiveness. It's, un- it's only unforgiveness if you have resentment towards them in your heart, if you haven't forgave them. But if you're going forward and you forgive them and they're still toxic, get them out, get them out your life up here and don't always be around them. <clears throat> you don't always got to visit them. You don't always got to be there. You know what I'm saying? See them, see them six times out of the year, four or five times of the year, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Mother's Day, Father's Day, um, 4th of July, and whatever. The rest, live your life. <clears throat> Pray for them to become untoxic. Ooh, I've been going a long time and I ain't ate nothing. All right. What do I uh what do I do 
while I wait for God to provide a job for me. I've been feeling like I'm wasting my life away, waiting for God to come through. You're not wasting waiting on God. Um, the best what to do while you're waiting on God for a job is to serve him. If you got a good local church, get plugged in. Uh, start working on that book. Start working on that, that thing that you're supposed to. Um, there was times where I was without a job and I got a lot of things done, but God supernaturally provided. God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. In the meantime, change your perspective on your current season. Because if you have the wrong perspective of your season, you will miss out what, on what he wants you to produce in that season. See, there are certain things that he relinquishes out of your life so that you can be able to have active, uh, a bright mind, an active mind, a fresh hands, a fresh mind to work on what he wants to give you to work on. See, see, jobs should never be your sole source of provision. God should be that no matter if God takes a job away, you'll still have the lights on and food on your table. The Bible says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken no his seed begging bread. It, the, the thing is, we be wanting some certain kinds of bread. See, see, I know for a fact that he'll never forsake me or he'll uh, have me begging for bread, but I have to be okay with certain kinds of bread. See, when it, when me and my wife ever goes through a treading season, I can't go to Whole Foods. I better go to my food line. I better go to a local grocery. That doesn't mean that, uh, that oh, God has forsaken me because I can no longer get organic bread. No, I better get that. Uh, what's, her, what's the little girl with the little yellow dress? I better get some of that bread. You see what I'm saying? <clears throat> so what I'm trying to say is what to do while waiting for God? Change the word wait into waiting as far as serving. Serve him. God, what can I do for you now? Now that I'm free. And God will provide you with the right job. I'd rather for you get to get. Listen, my job right now gives me the opportunity to do more. Every job that God gave me had a purpose. A lot of the jobs that I wanted. I, they released me after training. I didn't get the job. <clears throat> but now looking back, I'm glad I didn't. I've been feeling like I'm wasting my life away. No, no, no. You wasting your a wasted mind leads to a wasted life. You got to put your mind to work towards your purpose so that you will find value in the time that you hold. All right. Two more questions. I got to go. Can a man that was a counterfeit for me be a purpose made for another woman? Can a woman? Can a man that was a counterfeit for me be a purpose? Yeah, you got to be OK with it. You got to be okay with your ex being happy. You know, you you got to be okay. And I think that's the issue. Is that like, man, I don't want him to be with nobody. I want him to be single till he's 50 and I got two kids and then he can get married. He can get married after I'm happily married with two kids. I want him to, I want him to suffer in my success. No. Nah. Yeah, man. Listen, it depends. If that man finds God and changes and becomes a good man, rejoice that he's going to be a good man to another good woman. But don't worry about him. If he was a counterfeit, you got to get your mind off him. You got to look at ask yourself, why am I still thinking about Tyrone? Why am I still thinking about Jerome? Why am I still thinking about him? That's the real question. Why am I even concerned about him? And then you will find clarity on the residue that may have been left over from him. And where you may need to forgive and let go and be okay. I hope all my exes are happy. I want them to be happy, you know, but I'm not even, I don't even think about them. You see what I'm saying? When you think about them, <clears throat> thinking of them, thinking about them means there's still something in your heart for them. But you got to be okay with them moving on and being happy because you moved on and you're happy. You know? How do you know that you know? Uh oh. How do you know that you know if this is the mate God has chosen for you? You'll know. <clears throat> You'll know. I can't explain it. I just know you know. There's going to be some conflicts of interest. There's going to be some things going to question what you know. 
Eve knew exactly what she was supposed to, but she still entertained the devil. So just because you know doesn't mean you never will go against what you know because relationship takes work. You 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 could be with the right one and go through some stuff and be like, man, I don't want to marry this person. But then you realize, hey, <laughs> this the one guy asked for me. And um, um, you'll know. And when you know, you'll know. But you also know them by your fruit. If you don't know yourself, you won't know. If there's two things, there's two people you need to know before you even know if the person's the right one. You need to know God, you need to know yourself. And knowing those two, you'll know who your mate is. Because when you know God, you'll know yourself. When you know yourself, you'll know who your spouse needs to be. When you know God, you'll know yourself. When you know yourself, you'll know your help. It's that simple. The more you know God, the more you know your purpose. You'll be able. When, you see, when a guy approaches you, you be like, "We don't even. We're not even compatible." I cut this off at the first date. I cut this off in the first conversation. It'll get from, "Oh, I went on a couple of dates with him. I found out he wasn't one." Till when? To now? Instead of <clears throat> this, is what happens? This is what you know. You're growing. You know you're growing when you used to be like, "We went on five dates and then I found out." Or no, no, you'll go from I got in a relationship with him to find out to being like, "You know what? I'm not getting a relationship to find out. I may go on a couple of dates to find out." Then you'll go from I, I'm not even gonna waste my time going on dates. I'm going. I'll know off the first conversation. And you'll go from going on the first conversation and going from the clarity of God. What I mean by that, maturity is spiritual maturity is that as soon as the Holy Spirit says no, you agree. Some people hear the Holy Spirit say, no, well, I got to at least have a conversation. You have a conversation with them. Oh, I at least got to go out them on two dates. Then you go on two dates. Oh, I at least got to be in a relationship. You'll go from, I don't got time to waste time being in a relationship with you, then to the step next step of, I don't got time wasting my time, even though you paying for the food. And ladies, <clears throat> stop using these brothers for free meals. Girl, stop taking, and you know the Holy Spirit told you that man wasn't the one, and you know he's caught up in you to hear the Holy Spirit for himself. But you want to get some lamb chops out of the deal? That's 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 evil. Got that man spending fifty something dollars for some ambiance. Got him spending gas money with false hopes, giving man false hopes, and you up there eating free lamb, eating free lamb chops, giving this man false hopes. Stop getting free meals. Stop using these brothers. If you know he ain't the one, let that man go and spend his money somewhere else. That's mean. That's rude. That's downright evil. Yes, them lamb chops are suckling. Yeah, I know that split, that split chicken on top of that dressing at Ruth's Chris, that good succulent steak, and that that chicken with the collar, <clears throat> with the I don't care what it is. Stop spending that man's money. You know he ain't the one for you. Getting free lamb chops and that man thinking that he about to get a, a, a fresh lamb from the lamb of God himself, thinking you that you gonna be his his rib. You eating that man's lamb, he wants you to be his rib, but you eating that man's lamb. Hey, oh Lord, you eating that man's money, taking all of his lamb chop money. Hey, you better leave that man alone. That's mean, man. <laughs> um, anyway, hello, all in the chat. Josh speaking truth in this wonderful day. The Lord has yeah, the Lord is speaking through your brother. And you just answered my question. I'm so glad. I gotta go, y'all. Uh man, I got a lot of questions. God, I will never confess my sons until I am ready to give them up. God, I will never come. Oh, uh, okay, Larry. Uh, oh God, I will never confess my sins. I'm ready. Yeah, you got to give them up, bro. Oh, they're gonna they're gonna give you over to the wolves. What do you consider the best way to lose weight without being so hard on yourself and being more determined and everything to see? I always start off great, then I fall off and go hard. Listen, man. <clears throat> let me ask you a question because I lost a lot of weight recently. Lost twenty something pounds. Tip. Shouts out to the bacterial infection. Good looking out. 
but I was already in the problem. I used to be 310 pounds. Now I'm 260, right? So I've, I've been on this losing weight track. Now, uh, what are the best ways to lose weight? Lose weight health, healthily, healthy, lose weight in a healthy way. It's all diet and stress. The two things that make you gain weight is diet and stress. Stress leads to a poor diet. Um, peace leads to a proper diet, or it's for some people, because peace may lead to them plummeting into to all kinds of delicacy. But you have to change your mind. Why do you need to lose this weight? I got tired of snoring. I got tired of being awakened out of my sleep thinking I'm choking on something. I, I got tired of of just not being able to be active on the court. I got tired of, of, of just being tired, man. And when you get tired of the way you look, see, there are certain things that are, there's two things, there's two things in life, things you can't change, things you can change, right? This forehead can't change it. I, I had to get into grips. I had to come to grips. Hey, yo, Josh, you got a big head, bro. And it's cool. You know what I, Josh, you just got a bigger brain. It's cool, bro. They're going to, you got big head jokes all your life. Yeah, your head fills up the screen. It's okay, Josh. I can't change this. I lost 60 pounds here, but couldn't lose two pounds here. But that's life. Certain things I can't change. There are certain things that people don't like about themselves they can't change. And if you don't own them, they will be sold against you. You got to own it. Whatever you can't change, I got to own this forehead or it's going to be sold against me. I'm going to be, I'm going to be in poverty because <clears throat> of the, of, of me not owning this. Because what you own can't be used against you. But if you look in that mirror and there are certain things that you don't like but you can change, change them. Because you will only feel your best when you are your best self. I can't forgive my girlfriend who cheated on me. I feel you, bro. I've been cheated on. So I know the feeling, bro. But I realized, well, you know, one thing my mom told me, if a woman is dumb enough to cheat on you, See, my mom gave me such a great sense of purpose. Cheating, cheating always hurts, man, because you feel rejection. Nobody wants to feel rejected. Nobody wants to feel like I wasn't enough. But you're not going to be enough for everybody. And that's okay. You're not going to be everything to everyone. And that's okay. The beautiful thing is, I am enough for one woman. And so <clears throat> if you it, it, I know it hurts. And I know she probably did something that made you feel emasculated. I know she made you feel like this. Listen, man, you got to change the way you view yourself quickly. I don't care who leaves, abandoned me, rejected me, or who cheated on me in the past. I don't care. Good for them. Good for me. If you cheated on me, then you dumb. You don't know value. And it's okay that people don't know value because you know value, but you got to see value in yourself so that you can overcome being the effects of being cheated on. Listen, it's going to hurt, but you got you to gotta thoroughly examine. You got to write the pros and cons of this woman. She's no good. She's no good for you right now. She may be good later, but she's no good for you. And if she cheated on you, man, that's her loss, bro. You got to have a right kind of mindset about yourself. Like, hey, you don't want to be around me? No, okay. It ain't going to stop this success train from going. You got to look at you. You got you in your mind now won't forgive because maybe you idolize who she was. Maybe there's insecurity leads to idolatry. If there's insecurity in you, insecurity in a person will lead to the idolatry of someone else. And that's you giving that person too much power. When you give that person too much power, then what they do against you drastically affects you to the way of thinking of that you won't be able to forgive them. No, you got to be able to say, okay, God, I need to secure myself in you 
because if that if I don't secure this insecurity, now I'm a, now my insecurity will leave me in the arms of another woman. Now I'm with this woman to justify why I'm not with that woman. Now I'm posting all these bunch of pictures on Instagram to try to make her feel guilty. And now that woman that you're with is suffering and competing with the woman, and she's not really getting the full love from you. So you got to secure yourself so that you won't find yourself idolatry in the idea of another relationship or try to use your uh, insecurity to make your idol upset with you. Listen, you keep doing that, your idol ain't going to never want you back. She cheated on you. For a stupid reason, let her go on. It's that simple. Trust me. If you focus on the person that cheated on you, you won't be able to focus on the person that can't cheat on you, and that's you. And the person that will never cheat on you will be God. And you got to go forward. And don't go forward trying to prove to her that you're somebody. Go forward and being who God wants you to be and forget about her. Easier said than done. But if you don't, if you change your mind, it gets easier over time. I love you guys. I got to go. Coach getting getting a little, you know, loopy. Got to go get something to eat. I pray this podcast is what should I do Wednesday? It was a blessing to you. Uh, man, a lot of good questions. A lot of questions left over. Ah, I'll do this again. I, I, you know what? I'm. Oh, man. Oh, man. I love y'all. Y'all know I do. Y'all know I do. Y'all know I love you, but I got to go. Um, I'll do this again soon. Um, this video will be posted. It'll be available. Um, all that everything you need to know about me is on my website, IamUnplugged.com. I-A-M-U-N-P-L-U-G-G-E-D.com. IamUnplugged.com. If you want one-on-one coaching sessions, you want me to help you with your unique question. I couldn't get to your question. Um, I, I, I wasn't able to really unpack what you need. You can talk to me one-on-one. I really pick up the phone. I really talk to you. Whatever. Um, what baby girl, my wife, what, what was mean? What, what was mean? See, I, I gotta stop now. The wife, the wife said I did something that was mean. What I do that was mean. What I do that was mean. Come on now, I'm waiting on you. When I'm waiting on no, I'm waiting on my wife. She said I, I did something mean. I gotta make sure I gotta make things all right. She helps me. She's my helpmate. She said I was mean. What I was what I was mean on. I'll sit right, see, I'll sit right here because you know, happy wife, happy. I'm joking. Well, while my wife is typing what I did that was mean, y'all know I love y'all. So, um, if you want one-on-one coaching, hit me up. I got some spots in July and uh, some spots in August. If you want one-on-one coaching, give me your budget. Let me know what you can do. We'll make it work. Uh, she she must have got offline. I'm waiting on you now. Anyway, why well, better I say it like that? I ain't mean it like that. I'll... She ain't, she must've got on the phone. She might. Anyway, love you guys. Y'all be blessed. Y'all want one-on-one coaching? Come holler at me. Um, What else? Um, If you want to give, are you going to do another Q&A soon? You know what? Now that I'm off work, I may do uh, another q and I may, I may, I may do a what should I do Wednesday and a what should I do weekend. So I may do a weekend edition too now that I'm off. So soon hit the notification button, yo. Subscribe at the notification bell so when you see that live Q&A, you can get your question in because out of respect of the order, I go by the order of the questions. Um, but if you want to give the support of our adult coaching, our youth mentoring program, if you want to learn more about what we do in my elementary school, go to We Propel. Uh, God bless you. Uh, go to WePropel.education, learn about our mentoring program. Uh, we, we got a middle school that we got to get into, but we can't get into it without some financial support. So we need your support. Uh, my school will be taken care of, but they want us in the middle school and we need a little bit more support. 
um, to be able to resource the middle school that the elementary schools are going into because those kids want us and the teachers want us there. So we need your support with our nonprofit. Um, what else? Books, games are all available on my website. I got six books that I've written, wrote. One of them is a, uh, um, um, a book for children. So I wrote my first children's book. Six books online, two card games, one card game called Dating Prep for all those dating relationships out there and those married couples. It's a card game to kind of aid the fire in your relationship or to help quench it, to end it. Uh, also, my memory verse game, memory muscles available as well. All on my website. Love you guys. Got to go. Got to eat. Y'all be blessed. This will be available to re-listen. I love you guys until the weekend or until Friday. I'll see you soon. Peace.